0: So back in 2013, I was living in the northeast part of mainland China. It was before I started my mission in Hong Kong and before I did my studies in Taiwan. I spent some time up in northern China. And that's the year that there was a big scandal that happened. Maybe you remember this. Uh, what happened was there was a family from China, a mother, a father, and a son, and they went on vacation to Egypt. And when they went to Egypt, uh, the son, the young son of the family, he took, I don't know what it was, a, a rock or something, and inside the pyramid, he, he carved his name into the wall. He scratched his name in there, he wrote it in Chinese. Ding uh, Jin was here, is what he wrote on there. Uh, Well, this became, like I say, a huge national uh, scandal, this was a big thing. Um, The Egyptian authorities were furious, they demanded an apology from China. Uh, Even the people in China were furious at this family for, you know, disgracing their name and being an embarrassment to the country. Uh, they, they found out who this kid was and they, they hacked the web page of his school. The family had to go into hiding. All of these big things because of this, this graffiti that, that was a big scandal. And I don't know how that ever resolved. I don't know where that family is now, unfortunately. Uh, but, you know, this, this sort of defacing uh, graffiti, you can call it, is not something new. In fact, some of the earliest sort of scratching, etching, defacing that we've found uh, is actually from about 2,000 years ago, a little after the time of Jesus. Archaeologists discovered that in one of the walls of the Circus Maximus, which is like the big plaza area in the middle of Rome, that around just after the time of Jesus, someone had scratched something into the wall. And what it was was it was a cross, it was a cross, and then hanging on the cross is a figure with like human hands and, and legs, like a stick figure, but the head was the head of a donkey. And then there was somebody, they scratched a little figure below it, and then below it they wrote in Greek, um worships God, ha, 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 something like that. So it was mocking Christians is what it was. So some of the earliest graffiti, the earliest uh, defacing of property that we found was something mocking Christians. It was mocking the fact that this, whoever this Alexamanos was, was uh, worshiping uh, a god, which they make fun of Jesus, they drew with the head of a donkey. And they said, look at him, he's kneeling in front of a cross, worshiping his god. So it's obvious that for the Romans, that the cross was a joke was sort of a, they they look at it as a big folly. Uh, And, I mean, rightly so, I think, for the Romans, because remember, for them, the cross. The image of the cross was a, that was a torture device. That was their execution method. And it wasn't reserved for everybody. The cross, crucifixion was only really used, really only for two kind of groups of people. It was for foreigners, and then it was for, enemies of the state kind of like kind of like what terrorists i guess we would call it today but that's it was so it was re, and it was made it was meant to be a very humiliating a very uh public sort of execution and of course very painful so the romans at the time when they would see people you know kneeling before a cross or venerating the image of a cross it didn't make any sense to them uh, it would be like us today, you know, we walk around and we have our crosses that we wear on our necks and we hang up on the walls, right? It would be the same back then as if we were all wearing, you know, like, I don't know, electric chairs or or guillotines or like gallows around our necks. That's the same sort of thinking that they would have had at the time. So it it seems so silly. It seems such such a ridiculous thing. But for us, for the Christians of the time and certainly for us today, we know there's a lot more to the cross than just as a torture instrument or as a method of execution. It's in fact the whole means of our salvation. And in fact, as we heard today, the plan, the point is for each one of us to pick up our cross every day and to follow Christ. Now, like we say, the cross was something that was meant to be embarrassing. It was meant to be humiliating. And sometimes we're called in a sense to do things today as Christians that may be Somewhat embarrassing, maybe we're not really willing all the way to do, but that's the calling for us today, to pick up our cross. You know, and it can be something as simple, like I say, as say, you know, before you eat your meal, just to make the sign of the cross or say a quick prayer. You know, maybe you do this before you eat. You make the sign of the cross and then you have your food. Well, you do it when you're at home, but what about in public when you're out at the restaurant? You know, are you willing to do that and other people see you? You know, are you willing to pray in front of other people even if they look at you and might think what are you doing that's a little bit strange yeah maybe it's a little bit embarrassing maybe it's a little bit humiliating to put our faith out there but that's what Jesus is calling us today is to pick up this cross this that sometimes is humiliating sometimes embarrassing but to be bold and be brave in our faith now Jesus's command to pick up our cross to take up our crosses There's two parts to it, and so I think we understand pretty clear, okay, we're called to take up our cross, but as Christ also said something before that, what did he say before you take up your cross? We should deny yourself, right? Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. And what does that mean? Well, before we can pick something up and carry it, we have to drop what we're already carrying, what's already burdening us, right? If we're already carrying something big and heavy on our backs, we're not going to be able to pick up the cross unless we put those big, heavy things down first. And so that's what Jesus, in his wisdom, that's what Christ is saying to us first, is that deny yourself, drop that part of yourself, and then pick up your cross and follow me. So what self is it that we're supposed to deny? And I think what Jesus is pointing to is the reality that each one of us share, which is that, in a sense, each one of us has, you could almost say, in a sense, two, two selves, kind of, if you want to put it that way. There's who we really are in our hearts and in our, in our innermost being, the true person that we are, with all of our flaws and all of our imperfections and all of our hopes and desires. And then there's kind of that that other self that we put out there to the world, right? That we let other people see, that tries to cover up those flaws and those parts of ourselves that we don't really like other people to see. There's a lot of words for this other self. Uh, the, the, The Trappist priest, the monk Thomas Merton, he calls it the false self, which is fine. You can call it the hidden self. In psychology, you know, like Freud calls it the ego or the superego, right? Uh, Eckhart Tolle might call it the unconscious mind. But the point is, it's just this other taped-on piece of us that we project toward other people, and that's what Christ is calling us today to be aware of. It's that part of ourselves, it's that part of our mind that is always trying to protect us, and it doesn't always give us the best advice, Right? It's that part of your mind, that part of yourself that when, say, for example, your sister or your brother or somebody at home makes you mad and then the part of your brain starts telling you, oh, I have to make revenge, right? I have to start gossiping. I have to do something to get them back. It's that part of the mind. It's the part of the mind where when your boss cheats you out of something, you think, well, I'm going to get him back. I'm going to get back at him. Uh, the part of your mind that says, well, I don't really have any money, so I'm just going to take this thing and nobody will notice. Or the part of your mind that says, well, I'm already full, I've already eaten as much as I can, but I'm just going to eat a little bit more. It's that part of your mind that kind of works hard to protect yourself, that wants you to, to, to keep doing things, even if you know you probably shouldn't do them, but it wants to save you, it wants to keep you going, because it wants you to project this image of somebody that you're not but we don't want other people to know who that true self is. And that's the part that Christ is calling us to deny today. It's a calling to look at ourselves and to not be afraid, not be ashamed, that's the word he used, not to be ashamed of letting our true selves show forth, to quieting that voice, to quieting that part of your mind that tells you, you have to get back, you should do this, you should do this. No, Christ is saying, When you start hearing those words you start hearing those things put them to the side let them go you don't have to listen to yourself you don't have to believe everything your mind is always telling you you know what's the truth in your heart follow that not those voices that are always telling you don't do good don't do this don't do that do something bad do it anyways you know it's uh some of you know i i I grew up in michigan i grew up in detroit Uh, and Detroit, the city of Detroit, is getting better now, but especially when I was younger, it wasn't a very safe place. It was sort of a dangerous place. A lot of uh, poverty, a lot of homelessness, and a lot of the homelessness was caused a lot by mental illness, unfortunately. And I can remember being younger, walking around Detroit, because I lived in the city. My family worked for the city, so I lived there. Walking around at night, and there were always homeless, all on the streets, and the homeless people would always be, not always, but often they would be, like, talking to themselves out loud. And you kind of know what I mean. You know, you've passed by somebody and they're, they're talking out loud and they're saying things to, to no one in particular. And I can remember looking at them and I remember thinking, who are they talking to, right? Why, who are you talking out loud to? And sort of that's our first image. When we see somebody or hear somebody talking to themselves, we think, oh, that person must be crazy. But it took me many, many years later to realize that, you know what, I, we, we do the exact same thing every day. We don't talk to ourselves out loud, usually we talk to ourselves in our mind, but we're doing the exact same thing. We're talking to ourselves constantly. Just, we just don't do it out loud, we're doing it quietly. And that's our calling today, is to quiet that voice, is to realize we're constantly talking to ourselves. This false sense of self is constantly telling us what we should and shouldn't do. And what we know today is that we don't have to listen to it. We don't have to believe it. Focus on God, pick up your cross, and follow him. I had a professor in the seminary who, who taught me this line. And I'll just leave it. I'll share this with you. And I'll, I'll say it once, and then I'll, I'll, I'll say it again, because it's kind of confusing. But it's, it's kind of what really drives me. And I think I try and remember every single day this, this thing that he taught me. And what he taught me and what he said is this, that... Our goal as people, our goal is to die a little bit every single day so that when we die, there's nothing left to die. (laughs) I'll say it again (laughs) because it's it's kind of confusing. But when we think about it, it's not. So our goal is to die a little bit every day so that when we die, there's nothing left to die. And what that means is that every day, we do a little bit of dying to that voice, that false sense of self that's telling us, do wrong, do wrong, you need to do this, you need to do this, allow that voice to go away, allow that self to die out a little bit every single day so that when we do actually die, when we're ready to meet the Lord face-to-face, there's nothing left to die. It's us and Christ who are ready to face him face to face and approach him and join him in the kingdom of heaven, okay? So it's not easy to deny ourselves. It's hard because we live in a world that's constantly telling us we need to be something else, right, other than what we truly are. But the message from Christ today is to not be ashamed, to not be embarrassed, take up your cross and follow him, okay? If we pray together, we can do it together, all right? God bless.